So we are coming to the end of our Christmas season today, which is sort of sad. Um, and today we have the recap of the whole season in the first reading, the second reading. And we end with the gospel, which is the baptism of our Lord. In some rhythms, I mean, February 2nd would be the end of the whole arc of the Christmas season. So if you like that, keep celebrating Christmas, keep your manger up. I was in Germany many years. They kept their Christmas trees up till February 2nd, partly because in the old farmhouses it was very cold, very cold, and so the tree could survive years without, uh, you know, burning to the ground. You have plastic trees anyway, so it doesn't matter. I, I'm from Toronto. We have snow. We have Christmas. Uh, I like when you have snowmen on the lawns here, like those blow-up snowmen. It's like, whatever. You don't even know it's... That's why also there's a cafe somewhere in Louisiana, and they had a picture of a snowman taking a bath in hot chocolate. And I was saying, yeah, if you teach your kids that snowmen survive 80-degree weather, great, then that's what you get. So Christmas is coming to an end. Um, the recap was in the first reading. Uh, comfort my people. That was the message of Christmas. It's a great comfort to know that God cares about us. And there's two parts to that beautiful revelation. We mentioned last Sunday, epiphany means revelation. So epiphany actually means revelations. There's more than one. It's the plural in Latin. So all the revelations of God, and you start with the angels uh, appearing to the shepherds, the kings, other people met Jesus too. But then they mentioned last Sunday in the Liturgy of the Hours, the baptism, Cana, healings, the crucifixion, the resurrection. God is pounding our world trying to break in. Better. He already has. So God presenting, appearing, manifesting himself, the epiphany, is one half of the whole Christmas mystery. God became man. And that is why we are happy even when things are not going well. Because you can say the victory has already been won. We know the only thing that could make us happy anyways. God cares about me. He cares about my family. He cares about my society deeply. He revealed that, and he won't take that back unless our God is untrustworthy. He is all in, and he's not going to stop. The side, God's side of this mystery is the baptism, because baptism, another deep dive into uh, Greek, it just, it's pretty simple. It means immersion, like going into. So, you, And it's used in many ways. You can immerse uh, a piece of cloth in dye, and it takes on the color of the dye. You can immerse a ship in water. That's called a shipwreck. That's another meaning of baptism. A ship getting immersed in water, not a good idea. It does not come back. You can immerse a baby in water, and it comes out a new creature in baptism. So, but the idea is immersion. So God reveals himself to us. How? Baptism. By immersing himself in our world. And that's a risky business. As you know, in our baptism, what happens is the old man, the old woman, dies. There's a drowning. When you immerse yourself, it's a very risky thing because you have no more control. You are, in a way, the victim of the circumstances, and you freely surrender that. That's what God did. So if we doubt God's love, 
we are insane or we don't believe. And let's ask ourselves today, we got the gift of faith in our baptism. What have we done with our gift lately? Have we leveraged that faith that this is God and God immersed himself in our world? Philippians 2 is a good text if you want to understand Christmas and the passion and the resurrection. God loved the world. Yes, he became man. He didn't just become man. He became like a slave serving. He became like a criminal dying on a cross, a horrible death so that none of us could doubt that his immersion in our world is serious. None of us can say he doesn't understand my corner of the world. I love Jesus, but he doesn't understand how difficult my family situation is right now. I think Jesus is great, but like a man or a woman without faith, I say he doesn't know how difficult my job is right now. And every time we say that, we can say it, God likes us to be honest, but every time we believe that, we are abandoning our faith, the faith we received in baptism, in the God who immerses himself in our lives. And immersion is a very serious business. God took on our flesh. He took on the flavor of being human. He took on getting tired, being beaten up, having sun pound down on him during the day. He took on himself cold nights in the desert. He took upon himself the temptations for us. That is what love looks like. That is what love feels like. So we got the gift of charity in our baptism as well. We should leverage that a little bit more too. As God has loved us, so let us love one another. How has God loved us? He immersed himself. He took a great risk. He came into our world hoping we would love him back, but not knowing. And as he has done for us, we must do the same in our families, in our jobs, in our society. That's what love looks like and feels like. That's what a baptized person should look like and feel like, like Christ immersing himself in the water of the Jordan, coming out and hearing God the Father say, this is my beloved child. In the first reading it says, Go up onto a mountain, cry out at the top of your voice, Jerusalem, herald of good news. Fear not to cry out, here is your God. So on this day, the baptism of the Lord, where he immerses himself for our sake, which is what he did at Christmas, which is actually what he did at the Annunciation. That was the first immersion, deep immersion into our reality. Um, let's maybe renew our baptismal promises, which are basically summarized. As you immerse yourself in our reality, I am willing to be immersed in you, God. I want to be part of your life. And it will be much more like a shipwreck than your baptism, because if I get immersed into you, God, a lot of things are going to get ripped away, destroyed, and smashed. My pettiness, my selfishness, my love of things that have nothing to do with you. And that's why our baptism is more dramatic in some ways, because the devil is cast out, um, faith, hope, and love are poured in, and we become like part of God's life. That in itself is a theme for weeks of 
preaching, so I will stop now. But um, that's what happened. So why don't we renew that today, our baptismal promise. As you immerse yourself in my reality, I want to immerse myself in your reality. And I can't do it myself, so Lord, help me to do that every day. To be immersed in you, so that when I go into the world, I can do what you did. I will be like you were, immersed in my work, immersed in politics, immersed in whatever I have to do, going to school. Immersed in things I love to do, immersed in things I hate to do, but immersed, and like you, not letting the circumstances color me, but I will let your life bleed out from me into everything I touch. That is the world God wants where the baptized go out like he did and immerse themselves, but not immersed drowning, immersed saving. Everything they touch, even sin and pain and death, become transformed into sources of grace. That is what we promised at our baptism. That's what our parents promised for us. We're big boys and girls now, the adults here. Why don't we dare to renew that today? God, as you immerse yourself in my reality, I am going to immerse myself in yours willingly every day, renewing my baptismal life. So that this world, which is suffering, will receive some of you through me. I will be yeast. Yeast that colors and transforms the heavy mass of dough around me. Because, people, the only other alternative is we let the dough crush us. And that is not attractive, especially for someone who has tasted the life of God. The only solution, let's transform the dough. It's heavier, who cares? It's oppressive sometimes, so what? You are baptized. The life of God is throbbing in your heart and bursting to get out. Let it.